Hello there and welcome to episode 45 of At Home with Breffney. So I'm excited. We've got 3,100 over that number of downloads at the moment. So thanks to you and to everyone who's listening. And please, if you like the podcast, share it and recommend it to friends and family. I love when people give me good feedback on it. It's... uh, I guess it's a hobby of mine, so I enjoy doing it and I love when people tell me that they listen and which episodes they like. So this week we're going to talk about location, location, location. And obviously anyone who's ever bought a house or has ever watched a property programme or has ever dealt with an estate agent will know that probably the very number one, two and three thing when it comes to choosing your house is the location and I would completely agree with that but I just want to get into a little bit this week what is generally meant by it and what might it mean for you to buy in the right location because not every location is the right location for everyone and um, some locations suit particular lifestyles some people some locations suit a single person's lifestyle some people Uh, location suit young families growing up so let's just to take an overview of what is meant when agents say location 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 so key things that would make a house in the right location that makes a location great some key things are uh, firstly it's actual physical location e.g the landscape is beautiful that's why houses say out in sandy cove in kalini in dorky are valuable because they are have great sea views and that is something we value so the physical landscape itself can make a property valuable Uh, Another thing that makes a location good is if there is already money in the location. For example, Balls Bridge in Dublin, Shrewsbury Road, Aylesbury Road, there is already money in this location. Big piles of houses exist that uh, people have already spent millions on and are prepared to spend millions on. Because that is already happening in this location, other houses in this location basically are lifted by the high tide of these high values. So if there's already big value in the location, obviously that means that the property, if you buy it in that location, is also going to be, it's going to cost you more, but it's going to be worth more. It's a more valuable location because there's more money based in this location. It's a bit of a chicken and an egg, but right now we're living in the built environment. We're not just arriving on a blank landscape. We have to live with the houses that we've got and with the general perceived value of the houses that we've got. So right now, when houses are perceived to be very valuable, like big houses on big plots of land, then all the other houses around them will in turn be considered to be valuable and the location will be deemed to be a good value, or rather will be deemed to be a good location. So you've got lovely landscape, you've got money already in the location, then you've got services. If the area if uh, has good services in it, such as hospitals, dart stations, or good transport links, or excellent schools, or things that people want, um, then that is going to be a desirable location for people to live in. So services, good infrastructure, they make a location a desirable location. 
And obviously, a location is only a good location if people desire to be there. If nobody desires to be there, it may be the most beautiful spot on a Connemara headland. But for most people, it would not be a desirable location. So I guess what we are really saying is that in general, a location gets value if more if a lot of people would like to live there. That's really what gives a location its value. And I'm going through some of the reasons why people uh, might think a location is a nice one or a desirable one. So we've had lovely landscape. We've had money already in the area, like big mansions and big uh, pieces of land. We've got great services and we've got good schools. Now, they're all things that make a location generally desirable. But when it comes to you, you may not be in the market for a big stately home or you may not care whether there's a big stately home. You may want a more arty community around you or you may have young kids and you want to be in a location that suits them. So for everyone, the same location is not suitable for everyone. So that's what I want to go through today. There are five points I want to talk about. Um, so I guess just as a general background, I could tell you that I have often heard clients say to me, if only I could have this house, but in that location. And I really understand because they love the style of the house, perhaps the finish of the house, um, the size of a house, the orientation of a house. But somehow or other, the location of that house is just not what they would choose. So what do you think I or you or any other agent would say to them, which should they go for? The seductively nice house or the location that they would actually prefer, but with a house that perhaps isn't quite as delightful to them? Well, I know I would always recommend time after time, go for the location and don't go for the eye-catching house. It's a bit like perhaps choosing a partner. They may look right and um, they may look like they're exactly the kind of person you'd want, but when the words come out of their mouth, you realize that the they would not be a good long-term match. And it's a bit like that for houses. They may have everything you want, but if the area does not work for you on a long-term or macro scale, it's not for you. So we really need to prioritize the location. And when I say we need to, you're going to be happier if you go for the location over the property itself. So there are five things I just want to go to. And I thought I was going to start with a kind of a practical one. But in fact, I'm actually going to start with the instinctive one. So number one is using your instinct to see if this particular location would work for you. So by using your instinct, I simply mean decide you have bought this property, whether it's an apartment or a house, and decide you now live in it. And walk out your door to do the thing that you're likely to do every day, whether it's to go and get the bus, get into your car, or go to the dart, or get on your bike, or your Segway, or whatever it is. Do that. Now, just take the temperature of your uh, instinct. Is, are you feeling good vibes as you walk to the dart station or the bus station or to your car? Or does your energy drop? And I'll just give you an example. 
I had a client and we were looking at a property. She was a first time buyer and I was looking at a property in Inchicore for her. Now, the location was grand. It was close to a shop. It was close to a Lewis um, and the house was grand. So it was workable and the budget was fine and the condition was fine. Everything was grand. However, when we did the walk that she would do every day down to the Lewis stop, we realized that actually on balance, our energy dropped and it dropped because we walked by a block of council apartments every day. And there was nothing particularly awful about the apartments, but we just found that the mass of them, the uh, quality of them, and um, the soundtrack from them, in general, it was going to be something that brought her spirits down every day and it wasn't worth it. So our instinct made us walk away from that house. And I'll tell you, I've probably mentioned it before in another podcast, but when I bought my house, my instinct made me go for it because my energy rose. I got joy when I walked down this road past this house because I saw how nicely all the other neighbours had kept their properties. There were lovely gardens and hanging baskets and benches and it just felt really like a community spirit. And for me, that's important to me. So my energy went up. So the first thing is just do uh, assume you've bought the house and do the things that you're likely to do um, from that location and just monitor your energy. Is it lifting? Is it staying neutral? Is it falling? If it's falling, I'd suggest just walk away from that particular uh, spot because it's not going to work for you. So that's the first thing, your instinct. The second thing is, are your tribe in this location? As I mentioned before, uh, a property might be, in theory, an excellent property. For example, maybe let's talk about a, a lovely house in Dorky with views over the sea and a big long drive and palatial dimensions. Wouldn't that be lovely? Maybe not, if it's not where your tribe are. For example, I had a client who is, a, again, another single woman, and she was looking to buy in the Ratsfarnham area. And she had identified a house that was lovely and within budget, and there was absolutely nothing wrong with the house or the location or anything. But what I said to her was that this house is really a house for a young family in that everyone else in the cul-de-sac that she'd been looking at was a young family. And so for her, the location wasn't exactly a match for the stage she was at in her life. All her neighbours would be having um, children and babies and you know, people playing around on scooters in the cul-de-sac and she would not feel like she was among her tribe. And when she thought about it, she agreed that actually, although in theory everything was right about the location, um, in practice, her people did not live there. And that is worth really figuring out for yourself. Are you the right fit for this particular neighborhood? And it's easy for you to tell because you can walk around it and you'll see, does it feel like there are people like you there? Or if you're arty, does it feel like um, there are little artisany places or little galleries or nicely done, artily done houses? 
But if you're reclusive, if you're someone who just likes to drive into their drive with their electric gates and zap it shut and not see anyone, maybe you're high profile, maybe you've had enough of dealing with people during the week, maybe you travel a lot and you just want to shut it up and you don't want to have an overly neighbourly uh, engagement well then you're not going to be happy in a location that's very definitely neighborly where you're going to have people calling at your door for bob a job for buy a line for to raise money for scouts etc so just do a tribal check on your location for yourself and um, the third one is does it actively support you and by that i mean what is it that you need to do from your house E.g., for most people, they work not from home, and so they need to travel from A to B. So, for example, um, I have one client who was looking out to buy, who works in Bray, and he was looking to buy in, he could have bought anywhere on the south side. He could have bought anywhere, anywhere. He could have bought in Kantarf. He could have bought in Hope. But the reason he chose to buy in Glasspool was that he could commute to work on a bicycle from Glasspool. So that is an incentive for him. Not only does the location work for him, but it works, it supports his lifestyle. He wants to cycle. It allows him to cycle. So the house gives him an extra benefit, not just the shelter of the house, but it also gives him a health benefit in that he's able to do a healthy thing every day. So ideally, your house should allow you, at a minimum, do what you need to do in the length of time you ideally can give it to take, you know, the length of time it takes you to do it. But hopefully, this location that you buy in will support your your actual aspirations too. So if you want to be a cycler or a walker or whatever, ideally the location you buy in should not just be enough to do it, but should give you more things, should enhance your life. So that's your commute time. Does it support it? And does it even enhance it and enhance your lifestyle? So the fourth thing is, um, can you do your thing in this location? And as I've said before, not everyone wants to do the same thing. Some people want to go fishing. Uh, some people want to read a book. Some people want to run marathons. But whatever it is you want to do, does this location support you? So for example, I had um, have a friend who wants to run a gallery from her house, Three Walls Gallery in uh, Stony Batter. Hello, Cathy, if you're listening. And as it happens, the area she's in and the people who live there would support that. There is an appetite. There are artists there. And she can do her thing in this area and other like-minded people are around. So I know that's kind of also to do with the tribe that we mentioned earlier, but it is also to do with doing your thing. So for example, I like to walk early in the mornings and I just don't want to walk on roads and roads and roads. And so now I can walk by a river path and that allows me to do my thing. If you're into drama, if there's a drama cl group close by. So if you like community living, is there a community hall that has, perhaps you're an older person and you might like to um, be stationed close to somewhere where 
there are community activities like, well, for example, morning coffees or older uh, yoga or stretches or whatever. But can does your location that you are choosing, does it allow you to do the thing you want to do? So that's the fourth thing. And then the fifth thing is, um, while the location might be great, it, it might be lovely or it might be the right tribe for you. It might be the right commute time for you. It might be close to the gym you want or the drama group you want. But the location of the property itself on the street itself. So I'm talking about the setting. It's like your, your house that you're buying, your apartment is a jewel. Is it set beautifully on its specific um, street? So, for example, I was selling a house once when I was selling houses and I would have not, if I was a buyer's agent, I would not have bought the house I was selling for a client because it was on a perfectly lovely road. But right across from the house was an, another road uh, heading straight into the house. So basically, my house was on a nice road, but at right hand, directly, if you walk, looked at the front door, you were looking straight up another road. So it was basically, effectively, the T of a T-junction, the house I was selling was. And to me, that is not a good setting on the road. That is too um, intense a setting. You want to be in a more peaceful setting where there isn't another road coming straight in your front door or there isn't a traffic lights at your door or you're not on a major road intersection or you're not on a sharp bend in the road. You want your house to be sitting peacefully on its road and not challenged in any way, not compromised in any way. That is the fifth thing to look at is is it's as a jewel how is it actually set on its road because you might have a good road no one's arguing that the road is not a good road it's that of the road is it the bad one on the road um, and again then it's a trade-off between well you'd like to buy on this road at any price but remember when you buy not everyone is going to you might say well I don't mind living close to the traffic lights but when you go to sell you might find that people do in general mind living close to a traffic light so it's just worth considering that as well so that's my thoughts on location today um, I hope you have found it interesting and I'd like to say thank you for listening. And if you've anything to add or um, any topics indeed for me to cover on the podcast, I'd love to cover them. And actually, I want to just give a shout out to my niece, Ada, who kindly sent me from Sydney a really good example of how the uh, a road or a house can feel like your kind of place. She sent me a picture of a road where all the houses were just normal houses, but they had all the residents had planted the road, as in they'd taken the sides of the road and had planted lovely herbs and flowers in it. So that while the road was actually no different to many other roads in Sydney, the fact that the residents had shown that community spirit to plant made it a particularly nice location. And that's, I guess, what I mean by finding your tribe, not everyone likes the idea of buying into an active community, but most of us probably do. So how 
the other people around you are living in that community really can uh, alter the value of your house and the perception of the location. And you can even change the nature of a location from perhaps something that might be inner city and a bit run down. If everyone gets together and plants or um, does wall art or does something, plants or paints or in any way strings lights across the road, whatever it takes, a community together can actually change the nature of a location and make it into one that might become one that's recommended by estate agents as one to watch. So location, 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 they're not static. Things, times change, tastes change, communities change, things are always evolving. So it's worth always checking out locations that you might have ruled out because you never know what's rumbling in the community there or how things are moving. So that's my tuppence worth for location this week. And again, thanks for listening. Have a good week.